guys, it's Pragya. And Charlotte, and welcome back to Campus HQ. This episode is part four of our series, Eight Voices Season 2, where we help you create the life you want by sharing unique stories of industry leaders and professionals who are fulfilling their most daunting dreams. We're welcoming guest speakers from a wide variety of professional backgrounds to show how you can use college as an opportunity to elevate your personal goals and ultimately achieve success. We'll be running this series all throughout February and March, and we are releasing new episodes twice a week, every Sunday and Wednesday. So follow us on Instagram at campus.hq and whichever podcast platform you're listening on to make sure you don't miss out on all the content. Today, we are so excited to have Mandy Blanford on our podcast. Mandy graduated from the University of Kentucky with a BS in accounting and received her MBA from the University of Louisville. After working as an auditor in public accounting for Ernst & Young for two years, she worked as an internal auditor for Baptist Health Systems. Then she chose to pursue a career as a professor. She returned to the University of Louisville and for 20 years has taught accounting courses while also raising a family. She is adored by her students, seen through her nomination for faculty mentor six years in a row, likely due to her contagious spirit and desire to spread a love for accounting. Hi, Mandy. Would you briefly like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. I have um, been a CPA for over 20 years. I teach at the University of Louisville. I teach accounting, both entry um, level courses and intermediate. Um, I've been there for almost 18 years, I guess, going on 19. Um, And before that, I worked for Ernst & Young in public accounting, and I'm sure we'll get more into that later. Yeah, so let's start right from the beginning. What was your high school and college experience like? Did you always know that you wanted to go into the business field? Great question. Well, I actually was very lucky. I had the best high school accounting teacher in the world. She was awesome. Her name was Hinda House. She was about um, four and a half feet tall. She was this tiny little lady, but she was so full of spunk. And she saw something in me. She said, golly, you really like this um, area of, you know, um, of accounting. And I think that you would be really good at it. And I enjoyed the class more than any class in high school. And if you all remember high school, wasn't as long for you. It's um, hard to really enjoy all of those classes, but I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And um, so she told me about all the opportunities, especially for women. There are so many flexible job opportunities in accounting. And she said, if you want to have a family and, um, you know, be an engaged mom and work, it's a great opportunity and great field. And so I really, really was so appreciative of her. So she kind of started me on that path. And then I went to the University of Kentucky and I got my bachelor's in accounting and I had another influential uh, woman um, teacher. Her name was Jane Brown and she was fabulous. Same kind of experience that I'd had with Miss House in high school I had with Miss Brown in um, college. And both women were so influential on me um, with my whole career path. So they were great. So what was your college experience like and what did you kind of expect from your life in college moving forward and how has it been different? Well, I have to say accounting um, was, it came easy for me in college. I enjoyed every accounting class I had. It didn't have a, an accounting class where I thought about changing my major. I really enjoyed all of them. So that was wonderful. Um, I was really fortunate my junior year, I, I um, interviewed for and accepted an internship 
for a whole semester, the second semester of my junior year um, with Ernst & Young. And it was wonderful to see what you actually would be doing in a job. You know, a lot of times you talk about it in the classroom, but it doesn't emulate actually how it is in person. And luckily, I really liked the internship also because it was a whole busy season um, working with CPAs, doing a lot of paperwork and, um, you know, uh, seeing the, the ins and outs of the business, but I was really able to see if I liked it or not. And I did. So that was very fortunate. So my college experience in accounting was fabulous. I really, um, never even thought about changing my major. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoy the organization of accounting. I enjoy that it, it has right and wrong answers. Like there's not a whole lot of gray. Everything is very structured and that was my personality. So I liked that um, with accounting. So yeah, I really had a wonderful high school and college experience with accounting. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think accounting is like a lot of paperwork and right. sometimes it's not as fun. So how would you describe it to them and how has that been different for you? Well, I've been really lucky in that um, I went into auditing. I will say, I think a lot of the preconceived notions about accounting come from the tax side and tax mm -hmm. is very, you know, sit at your desk, crunch numbers. Um, it, it's, it's a lot of busy work, which I knew very quickly that was not for me. I went into the auditing side of it where you are with clients um, looking at all of their paperwork and all of the, the journal entries and everything that they have input for a whole year, but you're only with them for a couple of weeks and then you move on to another client. And I loved that variety and flexibility. I was never at a place more than a couple of weeks. Um, and for me, you know, as structured as I am, I do get bored very easily. So that was really nice having a different location to go to every couple of weeks. Plus, I liked seeing how companies worked because I knew I probably wasn't going to do public accounting for my entire career. So I wanted to see what was the culture like at other companies and what would it be like to work um, for a variety of different um, industries, which that was another thing I liked is that I wasn't just working in a healthcare situation or just working in um, a factory or whatever. I was, I was seeing a ton of different industries. So I really liked that variety. Right. Yeah. And you mentioned this a bit earlier about interning during busy season and mm -hmm. obviously that's super stressful for everyone I hear about it in accounting all the time oh, yeah. so <laughs> how did you manage that how did you balance that and college and all the things going on and then how did you take those skills and transfer them in your daily life now with a personal life as well that's a great question so with busy season I will say that um, I took the whole semester off I was only working at Ernst & Young um, I had been fortunate I had done summer school just to get ahead a couple summers. So I was able to take uh, where I know a lot of people do like a study abroad. I didn't do a study abroad. I actually did a whole semester where I worked. Um, I think both are great experiences for me. I was, it was really important for me to take that semester to see, do I really like an accounting job? And so that's why I chose to take that whole semester. I did not take any class. Um, I think I got credit for an internship. I think you get like some elective credit or something, but it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't that I was taking school and doing the um, internship, I couldn't have. I was working, you know, 60 to 80 hours a week. So there would have been no time for school at that point. Um, when you talk about balance, as doing that busy season, and I think a lot of people probably know this about accounting, January, February, and March are super busy. But the great thing at Ernst & Young was that you could bank your hours. So let's say that you have a 
you know, terrible January, February, and March because you're working so many hours, but hopefully you like your job. Well, you could, uh, a lot of the people I was working with that were older were able to take a whole month off in the summer, which a lot of places only give you two weeks. You could bank your time off and take four to six weeks off in the summer when they didn't have as much going on, which is really nice. Um, and some people chose not to do that and take the money because obviously you're banking a ton of extra overtime so you could uh, get paid a lot more. So you could choose which ones you wanted to do with your money. So that's kind of nice. Sounds great. Mm -hmm. um, so you started working for EY after mm -hmm. graduating, right? I went directly from undergraduate to get my master's. I got my MBA at University of Louisville. So I did that because I didn't want to go back and get it. I thought it would be nice. I, I, I hear both, good, bad, both of the, uh, the different ways to do it. I prefer just to go ahead. They had a year and a half program. So I lived at home with my parents, went, I actually worked as a graduate assistant. So they paid for everything but my books, which was great. Um, and went ahead and knocked it out right after undergraduate. I know a lot of people after four years, of college are ready to get out and a lot of employers pay for it, which is very nice also. But for my situation, the um, being a graduate assistant, it was a, a kind of a no brainer. It was like, if I can get this paid for, I may as well go ahead and, and get it over with, if you will. Um, so I did that. And then at the end of that, Ernst & Young approached me and said, will you come work for us? And so I did. And I worked a couple years after my master's at Ernst & Young and um, learn more in, I think I was there almost two years, learn more in those two years than you could have learned at any job um, for probably 10 years. I mean, you learn so much in public accounting because you are seeing such a variety of of clients and you're working a lot of hours and, and um, working with people who have been there and have so much experience to share. So it's really, it was, it was a great experience. It was wonderful. Yeah. And during those years, could you tell us like what your day-to-day -day life was during mm -hmm. that time so our listeners can get a glimpse of what accounting is like? Absolutely. So when you first start out in public accounting, um, you work in a team. And so your team might go to a hospital and work for a couple of weeks and then go to, um, I actually had a horse farms because we live in Kentucky. So um, you might go to a horse farm and audit them a couple of weeks later. And then the next couple of weeks, you might be at a, um, you know, a a pharmaceutical company or a engineering company or whatever. So you, again, that variety of different um, environments that you get to see. On a day-to-day -day basis, we would get there pretty early. You kind of want to make a good impression on the client. So if the client's working eight to five, you might be there 7.30 to you know seven or whatever. You, you definitely want them to see that you're there before them and that you stay after. And a lot of it was also entertaining them, maybe taking them to lunch or taking them to dinner and um, kind of schmoozing the client a bit, if you will. Obviously, that's a big part of it. So I liked that part of it because I like the marketing side of business also and the building relationships. I love that. But on the day-to-day -day business or day-to-day -day, um, schedule, what you would do is you come in in the morning, you would be looking through everything that had happened in the company during a year. So you would do a sampling um, where you may test, you know, their cash procedures, like look at some of their bank statement reconciliations, um, make sure that everything on there, you can trace back to an invoice or a memo or whatever it is. So you, you're auditing them for a whole year, but obviously you can't do everything they did in a year. So you do a sample of little things um, and make sure that everything that they're putting on their financial statements, that you can trace a majority of the large um, transactions back to something tangible. So. so you said you worked at EY for two years. So what, uh -huh. 
what led you to leave the company and what did you do after that? Well, and I think a lot of people in public accounting can agree with the hours do get a little crazy and the travel. So what I decided that um, it was a, a good transition, I, I actually was approached by a healthcare company, a local healthcare company here in Louisville, Kentucky, and they were looking for an internal auditor. And with this job, I would have a more stable nine to five kind of situation. I would get to travel a little bit because they had owned five hospitals in the state of Kentucky. But I could also travel to all of those areas except one within a day. So it was a day trip, more than having to stay out of town for two weeks um, because I was getting married um, to my husband of 22 years at this point. Um, and so, you know, I wanted to be home more and I wanted a more stable, steady um, situation. And internal auditing is almost identical to external auditing, except I was doing it for this hospital system. So everything I was doing on a day-to-day -day basis, I was doing it, but just for five hospitals. And I still had the variety because I could do, you know, this hospital this week, next week I might go to Lexington, which is only an hour away. Um, then we had one in LaGrange, Kentucky, which is 20 minutes away, you know, so I could do the same project, but for all five hospitals. And so still variety um, and, and switching up my location, which I liked a lot. Yeah. I feel like your experience in auditing really reminds me of consulting and what consultants Love. That's a perfect example. Yes. If you like consulting, then auditing is just like that. You're just doing, you're checking their accounting work, but you're also giving them ideas. Like we were totally in there to give them tips on how to do things better and not be the enemy. You know, people hear the word auditing and they think, oh, that's terrible. That's, you know, the auditors are coming, but we hoped always to give a better experience than that. I mean, I was in there not to get somebody fired or to find fraud. I mean, if you found that, obviously you had to handle it. Um, but we were more there to be a consultant and be a friend and tell them, Hey, you know, you do it like this and I get that, but maybe you could do it this way and tweak it a little and it would be better. So, um, and that was taking them to lunch and dinner and building that relationship helps a lot with that to take the scariness of auditing out of the way. So I enjoyed that, that side of it a lot. Yeah. yeah, I think that's definitely one of my favorite sides of consulting as well, like building the personal relationships. But mm -hmm. for people who maybe like incoming first years who don't have a lot of experience with that or people who are less extroverted, what would you recommend to people who really want to build their network? Well, and we had people like that on our audit team. There were some people who were scared to death to go talk to someone. And so we had um, interview questionnaires. So if you were going to talk to them about their cash or their internal controls or whatever, there were lists of questions. Now, some of us just felt comfortable with the person and we kind of wing it. But if you didn't, they certainly have all kinds of structures there in place for people who are less outgoing or more introverted. And that's fine because, you know, you could go in and, and by the way, some of the clients weren't super extroverted either. And so sometimes we would try to match personalities together and let them work together at, at a different comfort level. So that was nice. Yeah. And talking about networking, how important do you think networking is and how has it helped you? Oh my God. Networking is the key to a successful career. That's for sure. Um, any kind of organizations that you can join, especially for women, there are so many fabulous organizations for women in business and being able to make those connections. I actually got my teaching job at University of Louisville 
through my husband's client. <laughs> so obviously lots of networking there. Um, he just happened to mention to her at the time I was, we actually moved um, to Charlotte and DC because of his job. And so I had to leave my wonderful healthcare position as an internal auditor. And we moved around a bit and then we came back to Louisville at the time I was ready to start a family. So he mentioned to a client that I had always wanted to teach. And that's actually why I got my MBA, because I thought I might want to go back and teach later at a college level. He just happened to mention that. And she was like, oh, I actually uh, teach a night class at the University of Louisville. Let me see if I can hook her up with somebody to talk to and they can, um, you know, network and um, obviously make that connection. So it's the best. I mean, you it's, it's kind of who you know and not what you know a lot of times in business. And so, you know, LinkedIn or any of the social networking sites and also just joining organizations, um, making those connections, it's huge. It's, it's so helpful. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um... I kind of wanted to jump back to before we move on to your um, experience as a professor, but what would you say are the characteristics that help accountants stand out in their positions? I think that most people expect accountants to be um, you know, little bookworms sitting there with a calculator and kind of quiet and introverted. And I don't think it's bad to be like that at all. I do think though, if you have a big personality and you are extroverted, it helps so much because like we were saying, auditing is consulting. So I think if you want to stand out in this industry in accounting, um, you definitely want to try to be as outgoing as possible. I think it helps calm the client down and I think it makes everybody feel more comfortable if you can build those relationships by being a little bit more outgoing and stepping outside of your comfort zone just a little bit, I think it would help obviously build a really good relationship with the client. Mm-hmm. And a lot of students are confused about whether to pursue an MBA at all mm-hmm. or right after college or after doing a few years at a company. So what would you recommend for them to kind of figure that out? Well, as I told you, my journey was to go straight into the MBA program, but I'll tell you, most of the people that I took classes with had already been working for anywhere from two years to 10 years and or more. And I think actually working and seeing the, a company and how it works probably gave them a better perspective, I'll be honest, with a lot of our group projects. Most of the MBA program, at least what my experience was, was a lot of group projects. And so I think they added so much value because they actually had experience. I, at that point, had had my internship, but I didn't have that much work experience. So I think if you're getting your master's, I think that's why a lot of companies encourage their employees to go get their master's and they'll pay for it or help you with your tuition. I think it's because they want you to have that work experience. And, and at that point, you've seen the whole company and how it works. And I think that adds a lot of value to the MBA program. So I definitely think if you want to wait, it's probably not a bad idea. Plus, financially, I mean, if, if your company is willing to help you, obviously, you know, after you've paid for four years of college, it would be nice to have some help with graduate school. So that's a big plus. Yeah, definitely. And how would you say your MBA, like getting your MBA was different from your undergrad? Oh my gosh, so much more fun. <laughs> I always enjoyed my business classes, but I felt like it was much more of a lecture, you know, note taking, take a test kind of situation, which I'm sure you're very familiar with. The MBA program was so much more group um, setting, group project, more discussion based. Um, it wasn't just 
I'm going to lecture at you and tell you how to do this. And you're going to regurgitate it on a test. It wasn't like that. It was much more, um, let's go in and see a company. We did a lot of going to a company and actually watching how it worked, watching an assembly line and seeing a product made um, instead of just talking about it in a classroom. So I loved it. It was so much more hands-on. It would be a good description, much more hands-on than actually just sitting and being lectured to. So it was really fun. Yeah. And going more into your journey into becoming a professor. So Mm -hmm. what drew you to teaching and what did you expect it to be like? Well, growing up, I grew up, uh, my mom was a grade school teacher and I knew I didn't want to be a grade school teacher. I love kids, but I didn't want to work with them all day. But I will say, I think going to her classroom all the time and helping her, I had that desire to teach. Um, I also, uh, when I was in college, I tutored a ton of people in accounting. And I loved when you explain something to somebody and you finally saw that light bulb come on and they got it. I loved that feeling of actually making a difference and helping them with their their work. And when they actually understood what I was explaining, that was just, there was nothing more rewarding for me than that. And um, so, like I said, I wanted to start a family and in accounting, even if you have a nine to five job, a lot of accounting positions as auditors involve travel. My husband at the time, and he still does, travels quite a bit. I mean, usually at least two or three nights of the week. And so I knew if we were going to start a family, it would probably be a good idea for one of us to be home, um, you know, a, a, a reasonable amount. And so teaching was such, you know, something I'd had a passion for, and it was just perfect timing with our personal life situation. So um, when his client had me go in an interview, I started out actually when um, my, I have two daughters, when uh, Reagan was a baby, I actually started off um, doing night classes because that way I could spend all day with my young children. And then when they were ready for bed, I was headed off to teach a night class. And I loved that because it still kept me in the professional world, right? And then as they got older and started school, I switched over to classes while they were in school. And so it was great. Um, the flexibility of being a professor has been so wonderful for me because I was able to drop them off at school, work the whole time they were in school, and pick them up. So it was just really nice. And I could take work home with me. And I also taught a lot of online classes before COVID and um, before all of us are online. I was teaching a lot of online classes just for flexibility standpoint. So it was really nice. Yeah. And why did you choose the University of Louisville? I mean, I guess you kind of st- <laughs> went through that entire path. Um, but could you go more into that, especially for people who are still deciding on their colleges? Sure, absolutely. So I, um, we live in Louisville, Kentucky, and I actually have taught both at the University of Louisville and a smaller school called Sullivan University. Um, And I honestly, the reason it was uh, University of Louisville, I had gone there for my master's. So I was very familiar with a lot of the business um, professors. And so that was so nice when I got the the in for an interview to go there. Um, it was so familiar, obviously. I mean, it would be, you know, just like you guys uh, teaching at University of Virginia. It's so nice to walk into some place that you know, the professors, you know, um, the, the the culture, the rules, I mean, just how, how everything works. And so I loved it. Um, and as I was teaching there, I was approached by Sullivan University um, to do some online classes. And I liked it, but as you all know, with online classes, you lose that sense of student-professor relationship and and being in the classroom and and getting to know people. And so um, I 
I, I don't really do uh, Sullivan as much anymore. I mean, I occasionally will still teach for them, but for the most part, I like the University of Louisville because I'm in person teaching, getting to know people. And like I said, my my whole reward system was when you see that light bulb go off and somebody understands something that you're trying to explain to them. And you don't get that with online, obviously. So um, I really like in-person classes a lot more. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and all of our listeners are college students. So what mistakes are you seeing college students make um, before COVID or during COVID that could help them? Or what are some things like I know a lot of students focus on their grades instead of learning. So what are some things like that that you've noticed? That is so true. Um, You know, I get people, well, now you have to remember, I teach entry-level courses, which would be first year, but then I also have intermediate students, and there's a big difference between a first year and a third year student, obviously. Um, The first year student is just trying to get, you know, a good grade, um, sometimes not being reliable, showing up for class, which isn't the best idea. Um, But the third year student is more interested in, hey, this is my major. I really need to understand this topic. I want a good grade, obviously, but I really need um, to maybe do some outside work to understand this better because this is going to be my job or my profession. And so there's a much different um, level of of interest, I guess you will. Some people, and I get that because everyone in the business school at University of Louisville has to take um, accounting 201. And so they have to take the basics of financial statements. They may not be interested in that. Um, and that may not be their major. And so I get that it may not be the the most important thing to them. But, but my advice would be college goes really fast. And even if it's not something that you think you're super interested in, appreciate those classes because you're going to use them later, especially with Accounting 201. If you're doing anything in business, you will have to talk about financial statements. Um, Your financial situation will be something in your personal and professional life you will have to address. And so while it may not be the most exciting class that you ever take, um, definitely pay attention because those topics are going going to come up later. And I do see that with students just trying to get through the class and not retaining the information, I would think that would be the biggest weakness I see, um, you know, just blowing through it and not really understanding what we're covering. So yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what would you recommend to our listeners to do during college to help achieve their goals? I think the best thing that you can do is build that resume up. I always tell my students who come up and ask me this question after class, I'm like, obviously an internship would be the creme de la creme of this. I mean, anything you could do during the summer or if you could take a semester to actually do an internship, that would be fabulous. Um, not only does it does it show you if you really like that profession, but it also builds a connection with a company that's probably going to offer you a job after college. So how nice to have that job security your senior year and know that you're, you're going to have something waiting for you when you finish college. But the other thing I tell people, it doesn't have to be as fancy as an internship. If you're in some kind of a club that collects money, uh, whether it's a fraternity or sorority, or if it's just a club that, you know, at the university doing something, be the treasurer or be some kind of a leader in that club that just shows leadership in your particular field. If you're in accounting, then be the treasurer because it shows that you're um, good at organizing and, and uh, taking care of the money. But whatever you're doing, make sure that you're doing a leadership position that you can put on your resume because that's what employers, I actually, um, 
recruited some for accounting jobs. When I told you earlier, we moved to Charlotte and DC, I worked in recruiting um, for accounting jobs. And so I can tell you that's what employers are looking for is that leadership and the initiative, um, not just joining a club, but actually leading it um, or, or doing something to make a difference. I think that that could really help your resume and help get noticed by employers. What other tips do you have for um, recruiting for your internship? So maybe you don't have another internship on your resume, like you don't have as much experience. And then how was that interview process like for you? Okay. Um, The interview process for the uh, public accounting firms, they're really going to be looking at your grades and what kind of student you are. That's that's how it was um, when I was getting an internship with them. And that's how it still is. If you're so that if you're not, you know, a stellar student, you probably aren't going to be in line for those kind of big internships. It needs to be somebody who's really doing well in their business classes. That's what they are looking for. But if you're looking for a company um, to work for, maybe for the summer, maybe it's not an internship, but you just want to go work in the, you know, accounting, finance, marketing department, whatever, even if it's just basically running errands just to get your foot in the door at a company, I always tell people the, the ones that stand out in interviews are the people who come to the interview prepared about the company. Now, obviously, they're going to ask you questions about you. And everybody likes to talk about themselves all day long, right? And you can answer all of those questions. But what you should do is look at the company, find relevant news articles about the company. If you can find their financial statements, ask questions about their financial statements. Most companies post their financial statements on their website. Most companies have a website that has news articles about them. So take an active interest in that company. And when you go to the interview, you have bullet points. So if there's any awkward moments where they aren't asking you a question or you feel a little odd, you can bring up something and say, hey, I noticed on your website and then blah, 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 you know, tell them what you found about their company. Those people stand out because 99.9% of people just go in and want to talk about themselves. And nobody is, for the most part, is actually asking questions about the company. So make sure and do that. That will definitely get you noticed. Yeah, and you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but a lot of students don't even get the interview because they mm-hmm. their resumes don't go through. So do you have any resume tips and cover letter tips that students could use to stand I out? I think um, one thing that I have noticed uh, with resumes, I think brevity is better, like staying to the point. Some, some resumes get a little too wordy. Um, I think, you know, putting your accomplishments out there, putting your work experience out there, but keeping it kind of brief we used to have the rule one page and I know I think that's changed over the years, but, but, you know, getting to the point, showing your accomplishments, anything you can do, as I said before, with leadership, um, you know, if you are working at a fast food restaurant, try to be the manager, right? I mean, don't just be, be a worker there, try to be a leader. Or if you're in a, you know, a group at school, try to be the president, vice president, secretary, treasurer, do something that you can put on there and get noticed because any of those, those leadership positions will get you um, the interviews, um, definitely get you noticed. What is something that you try to teach your students that you think college doesn't teach them enough? Real world experience. I try to relate as an auditor 
internal and external, I try to tell them stories about like if we're talking about a topic, um, if we're talking about inventory um, in an accounting class, I tell them about when I was an auditor and I was at a horse farm and do you know how we keep track of inventory of horses? They actually have a tattoo on the inside of their lip. And so, you know, just give them real world examples so they can actually picture what it would be like to go take inventory. That wasn't very fun, actually horses bite. So <laughs> having to track them um, was not the best uh, job, but it was pretty fun. Um, so, you know, having real world examples is what I try to add in the classroom. I think there are some professors who have never actually provided um, real world examples because maybe they went straight from undergrad to academia, which is great, but it's it's really important for the student to picture themselves doing the job. And so anything I can bring to the classroom that that helps them with that is something that I really try to do. Yeah, I feel like your experience is making me want to become a professor. Yay! <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's really a fun job. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what has been like the most rewarding aspect about teaching in general? Um, I have to say the most rewarding thing, this is a silly story, but we were in line at um, a local craft store and uh, this person behind me tapped me on the shoulder and he was holding um, a picture frame and he goes, I'm, I'm framing my accounting diploma. You are my accounting teacher. And I actually recognized him. I was like, oh my gosh, congratulations. But that sense of accomplishment that I helped somebody not only, I mean, I don't think, you know, a lot of people don't go into my class wanting to go into accounting. And then if I can change people's minds and make them be an accountant, or if I can just even explain accounting to where they don't hate it or aren't scared of it, that is so accomplished. That's my accomplishment. That's my reward is seeing people, you know, light up when they finally get something or um, seeing that gentleman get his diploma and be so excited about his accounting diploma. That just is so rewarding. And it, it makes me feel like I'm making a difference, which is what we all want to do. So it's very nice. Yeah, that's great. Um, Reflecting back a little bit, what are some of the things that you've struggled with during your journey and what fears did you have about pursuing the things you wanted to? I think my only struggle were um, what we talked about earlier. At first, uh, it was kind of a rude awakening, the hours that you work. And sometimes, you know, you didn't have as much time for your own personal life. Um, I like to work out and I have hobbies and interests besides just my job, right? And um, obviously spending time with friends and family. And so I think that was kind of a a bit of a rude awakening going out of college straight into a job and you see, oh gosh, in college you had so much free time and then it wasn't as much free time. I think you just have to find that nice balance. Um, And I think that's why in public accounting, I only lasted a couple of years because I wanted that nine to five situation where I could have time with friends and family and personal time to be healthy and work out and do all of the things that I wanted to do in my own personal life. So finding time for your hobbies and interests and balancing that I think is, is the most important thing. I don't think I had any fears. I was trying to think of fears, um, fear of failure always, right? I mean, you're always afraid when you first start a job, you know, I'm not going to be able to do this. And, um, but that's pretty quickly overcome when, once you jump in, it's just that, that week or two before you take the job, <laughs> but no, every, everything else has been really good. It's just finding definite balance between work and family is very important. Yeah. And was there a constant motivator that helped you throughout this entire process? I think the motivation is itself induced is that, you know, I want to, I want to make a difference. I want, 
I want my students to succeed. I want to see them either, you know, be successful in accounting or whatever their field is. I just, I really, really want that. That is my reward, but that's also what I'm always trying to do is, you know, make a difference in, in a student's life. That makes a huge impact on me, makes me happy. Yeah. And you've had a pretty good career, but if you could change anything in your life or tell your past self something, maybe when you were starting off in college, what would that be? Oh, I think that is a great question. Um, One of the things I would definitely tell my younger self is that, you know, working um, a lot of hours when you're in your early 20s isn't the worst thing in the world. I just remember being like, oh my gosh, you know, this is, you you kind of think it's going to last forever, but it's not. And I learned so much. And so even if I'd stayed in public accounting a couple more years, that would have been a good thing. You know, I think that I jumped out because I was so intimidated by the work hours, but I didn't have kids at the time. I didn't have anything else. I should have been focused on learning as much as you can because you really, you know, I know it's a lot of hours at first, um, but it's, it's the, the best education I got was those few years that I was just working a ton of hours and learning so much. So I think that would probably be what I would go back and tell myself is this isn't going to last forever, <laughs> but you're sure going to learn the most stuff that you'll ever learn in your life. So that, that would definitely be what I'd tell myself. Is there a piece of advice that someone else has given you that has really stuck with you throughout this journey? Well, definitely. I think that it's not really a piece of advice, but it was my high school accounting teacher. And she saw in me and my personality that I would enjoy the aspects of accounting of the organization and, and, you know, the, the detail oriented nature of it. But she also saw that I would really like to be around people and like the variety. And she saw all of that. And she sat me down and told me that she was like, look, you're very outgoing. You really like people, but you also are very detail oriented and you really like this very organized, um, you know, structured accounting. And I think that you, with your personality could go really far and do a lot of things in accounting. And so she absolutely gave me that confidence and that built that structure that, Oh, okay. I think I like this. You know, I don't know, honestly, if she had said that to me, if that would have been what I majored in, but she made such an impact with sitting me down and saying that. And so I always, if I see something in a student, I really try to pull them aside and say that kind of stuff because it does make a huge difference. I mean, obviously it, it changed my whole uh, career path. So it definitely is good when somebody points that out to you. Yeah. And I guess to conclude this all off, what is a final piece of advice or do you have any parting words to our listeners? My best advice, and um, I said it earlier and I cannot reiterate it enough, is make sure that whatever you're doing while you're in college, you're thinking about your resume at all times. Because even if it's as simple as joining a club that's really fun, try to take a leadership role. So my best advice is definitely always be thinking, um, oh, how can I make this look better on a resume? And that may not sound super exciting, but you'll really appreciate it later um, when you go to build that resume. And my other piece of advice is what I said earlier about being different when you go into interview for anything, an internship or a company. Take your time beforehand to do your research about the company and make sure that you have a good list of questions so that you sound like you've done your homework. And also it will help with any awkward pauses or any time where you have nothing else to say. Well, you've got a bullet list of things to say about the company and you can compliment them and 
ask questions and sound really like all of the um, business knowledge that you have, you can use it in those questions. You know, you can say, oh, I saw your return on investment is blah, blah, blah. That's great. You know, and um, throw in some of that, those key terms that you've learned in your business classes. So you sound so impressive. So that would be my best advice. The resume and the questions for the interview. Those are the best things that I can give you going forward. Is there anything that you would recommend students do outside of the classroom um, other than like kind of just like additional reading? Because you mentioned like some business words. I mean, obviously, you probably will learn those in class, but you kind of learn those like additional materials outside of class. Absolutely. I always um, recommend students to read um, any kind of any successful business people, for the most part, have a book about how they became successful. So if you're looking for um, role models, if you will, I mean, I definitely would read some autobiographies of successful business people, um, especially if it's an industry that you're interested in. Um, that's always good. So anything like that. But the, uh, really just keeping up with you know the Wall Street Journal and reading what's going on in the business world, that'll help you in your classes, but it also just helps you look around, be, be aware of what's going on in the business world. I think that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of people get so stuck up in their classes and focusing on that, that you're missing what's going on in the business world now, um, which is super important, by the way, because you'll see what industries are going to be hiring when you get out of school, which is really important. So if you notice that an industry that you're interested in is hiring, then you can start, you know, uh, learning more about them and, and, um, and reading more about them. So absolutely. In the Wall Street Journal, everybody, every business student should have a subscription. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that outside knowledge is so much more important than just knowing the metrics and stuff that you learn. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Well, this was all so insightful. Thank you so much Thank for joining you. us today. It was my pleasure. It was nice meeting you all. Thank you.